1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. No,
2: Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy
3: Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's
1: game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN.
3: Locked and loaded. Ready to go. A full show today. A full show instead of 24 minutes. 25 minutes like it was yesterday. But welcome to the Gabe Coon Show Tuesday, January sixteenth, twenty twenty-four. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman Gabe Kuhn on X, G underscore Coon seventy-one. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show, uh, Vince Williams Jr. and GG Jackson, a fanatic. Connor Dunning on X, at C. Dunning ninety-nine. Connor, what's the word, brother? It's a beautiful day to spread propaganda. Yeah, you are. You are. You, are, you are, we're propagating today. <laughs> we absolutely are. <laughs> oh, is that the right? gospel. Yes. Vince Williams Jr. and G.G. Jackson must be spread. Yes, I hear you. Because that was phenomenal last night. Fun. Not a lot of people in the crowd because, again, it's the season from hell. And, of course, our Martin Luther King Jr. Day game came with uh, six inches of snow on the ground, the most I've ever seen in the city of Memphis since I've been here. So there was that. But it was a 116-107 win. That was phenomenal last night. That was very fun. Very fun. Gigi Jackson, 23. Vince Williams Jr., 24. You're starting to see what Vince Williams Jr. can be on the offensive end. All of that is great. Now, three hours of talking the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours. Truly, well, uh, we got Grizzlies, of course. We're going to get into a little bit of Memphis basketball and Jordan Brown, the saga. uh, We know that uh, last Friday he tried to apologize to the team and rejoin them before they uh, visited Wichita State in that 112-86 dismantling, but I really want to get to the bottom of it and discuss positives, negatives, pros, cons of him returning to the team in his current state. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. Super Wildcard Weekend has wrapped up. Um, Can we admit this? This is what I want to admit first. This is my first truth I will tell today. Um, Good decision to postpone that game. Bills versus Steelers. Weather seemed to hold off. You had a normal game. That was fun to watch. I would not have wanted to see... Driving snow, you can't see your hand in front of your face, 65-mile-per-hour win football game. There was a lot of uh, uh, dudes, some uh, football truthers, that said they were being soft for postponing that game. I'm glad they postponed that game. It was a great decision, ultimately. Bills, uh, of course, beat the Steelers, and also Bucks beat the Eagles 32-9. to I mean, we saw it coming. Eagles lost six of their last seven, but I did not see a dismantling coming like that. And, and I will answer the question at some point today. Who's got it worse going forward? Is it the Eagles? Or is it their division rival, the Cowboys? Who is it? Because I look at this Eagles team with Jason Kelsey retiring, by the way. Great, great career, man. Shout out to Jason Kelsey. Really respect what he's been able to do. But they have a lot of free agents that are going to be on the market this upcoming offseason. Jalen Hurts. Definitely regressed this year. Their OC and DC hires haven't worked out the right way. And then on top of that, Jason Kelsey, that's a, that's a hell of a leader for that team. You, you cannot—you can't just replace that guy and say, oh, we, we can find a starting center. No, you have to find a starting center and another vocal leader in that locker room. A guy that's been around the block, that's won at the highest of levels, that's had some rough patches with that same franchise. It's hard to replace a guy like that. But I will answer that question at some point today. As far as guests are concerned, we will get a divisional round look ahead and also recap a little bit of Wild Card Weekend with Alan Bell. Uh, he will make some picks for you. He's formerly of CBS, um, but now he's gone independent. I'll have him tell you about his uh, YouTube channel and everything he does on there, but he, he will give away some picks at about 4. 35 o'clock, Jeff Calkins from Daily Memphian and uh, the Jeff Calkins Show. And then 6 o'clock, as is customary on a Tuesday, Christian Fowler from Bluff City Media, and the On the Bluff podcast that we are both a part of. Uh, We are co-hosts. You can go find that Apple, Spotify, uh, full-length video version on YouTube. Uh, But Christian Fowler will join. We'll talk uh, his uh, recent trip to Dallas to watch his Cowboys get absolutely demolished by the Packers. And we'll get into some Tiger basketball, some Jordan Brown as well. Now, the Grizzlies were fun last night. I'm not going to deny it. Um, they're now 15-25. They beat the Warriors and spoiled Draymond. I think that's the biggest thing from last night. Spoiling Draymond's return uh, by beating the Warriors shorthanded. That in itself is phenomenal. And, and this is what we have always talked about, even with the John ja Morant, and the Desmond Bain, and the Jake Loretta, just everybody on this damn injury list, injury report. This team's not going to roll over. They're just not going to do that. And, and personally, I, I, I don't really care if this team wins or not. I don't. I want to see more experimentation. I want to see different guys get opportunities. And to me, uh, wins at this point are like a Splenda and a Folgers coffee in that break room coffee. You can drink it black, but it's just not as enjoyable. You can make it at least, it makes it a little sweeter, though. You put that Splenda in there. That's what the wins are at this point. I They could have lost that game last night, and if Vince Williams Jr. and GG Jackson uh, put up 24 and 23 respectively, I still would have felt relatively. Uh, similar, But ultimately, point being, break room coffee is still bad. So is this grizzly season. Like, let's just be completely honest about 2023 on to 24 where we're at at this point. But it is a fun time to experiment. And, and the, not only is it experimentation, you're getting results. I love the results we're seeing from some of these experience. Vince Williams Jr. is phenomenal. And we're starting to see his offensive bag unlock. And I the lineups with him and Jaron Jackson Jr. on the floor, they just work. A lot of defense. You have the perimeter guy. You have the uh, the uh, rim protection. It, it, those lineups continue to work. Um, and, and listen, I I know that this show, and I know Connor even said off the top, we have propaganda to spread. I don't I, that's I don't feel this way about uh, Vince Williams Jr. though. And I know this show can be Vince Williams Jr. forward. Is the guy that that. I think Connor and I have been on for a long, long time. We've been advocating for him getting an opportunity for a while because of what his skill set is. But here's what I'll say. I've seen enough to know what this guy is. The Grizzlies clearly have. They gave him a three-year contract. But first, he'll hound you for four quarters and make you feel miserable. Steph Curry struggled last night dealing with Vince Williams Jr. uh, and his on-ball presence on the perimeter. He even had a a, a sort of... uh, Turnover, just because Vince Williams Jr. was in his uh, presence when he was trying to bring the ball up the floor. That was fun to watch. Um, Second, he will knock down a three-ball when asked, and he's got an offensive bag. We've seen that the last two nights when he's had to uh, take a hold of the offense and make things happen. As a starter so far this year, 9.7 rebounds, three assists. He shows what he can do. And not only can he just knock down a three-ball, he seems to be able to – attack closeouts, get others involved, he's got that there. Now, I understand that it's looked a lot better, and he's got those 20-point performances because not a lot of other guys are on the floor, but it does show you what he is capable of if he has to take some of the offensive load. And then third, and I think this is the biggest thing from him, not only have I talked about in the past this is a guy who is a psycho, like he's smiling while, while covering Steph Curry. He just literally enjoys it. Um, but he's one of those rare winning players that does not seem to take any stock in his offensive game. He doesn't seem to care about it as deeply as he does about everything else, the rebounding, the boards. But he also has a knack for playing within himself, and I think that's why we, we, are, we are seeing him emerge as not only an option, I think in the future a potential starting option for this team because um, he does not shot hunt. You're never going to see him shot hunting. Um, most shots he's ever attempted is 13. Again, that was the next game with everybody out. And he just knows when he needs to assert himself offensively. He knows when he needs to back off. And it just doesn't matter to him. And to me, I look at some of these good defensive aces in the, in the NBA that have played for winning teams. Uh, P.J. Tucker is the one that comes to mind, although I think that Vince has a far – I mean, a vast bag as compared to P.J. Tucker on the offensive end. But those type of NBA players that will give you that intensity, that effort, that defensive tenacity every single night, those are valuable NBA players. And I think he is substantially more valuable than that contract they gave him. And that is a positive for this Grizzlies team moving forward. Three years, $7.9 million for this guy feels like an unreal steal.
0: Yeah, I think when that contract came out, all of us our first thought was that was it. You thought it was going to take a little bit more money to lock a guy down like this moving forward. But no, he's a Swiss Army knife. Whatever situation you need Vince Williams Jr. to go into the game and do, he is able to do. He's the ultimate glue guy, he's the dirty work guy, and when you need him to, if he has to lead an offense, is he if he has to, you know, be the guy on a night, he has shown that he could be potentially that. You know, he can help run an offense a little bit. He can create a little bit more than we thought. But the biggest thing about Vince Williams Jr. is exactly what you said. All he cares about is his defensive matchup and the offense comes second. He's always looking for the extra pass. Some of my favorite clips out there are when he's finding Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Luke Kennard, G.G. Jackson. He's always swinging it. If he has an open shot, he takes a split second to see if anybody else that's a better shooter is open, and he usually finds them. He makes the right basketball plays. He's a physical basketball player. He just bothers the hell out of the other team's best player, and he allows guys like Jaron Jackson Jr. to not have to exert so much energy on the defensive end to where they can step up on the offensive end. He just makes things easier for everybody out there, and his activity cannot go – It just, it's just – it's the best thing about him. Mm-hmm. The amount of second-chance points that they have gotten from Vince Williams Jr. being on the floor – it is the reason why they have not looked so dreadful this this stretch that they have had especially without john moran him being in there it just it covers up some of the ills of this roster right now he's not one of the best players in the nba that's not what we're saying but he is he <laughs> is quite not. literally the ultimate glue guy, and whatever you need him to do, he has shown that he can do that. The offensive flashes he has shown the last two games is extremely encouraging, but that's not what you're going to need him to do every single night, but knowing that he has the potential to do that makes it even sweeter.
3: No, I think Vince Williams Jr. has broken through, but there's another guy that the past two games has looked phenomenal, Man. and he's really fun, G.G. Jackson. We know he was a late second-round pick, and he was not good at South Carolina. He had a run-in with his coach, and there was character concerns about him. But he he is a guy, 6'9", 220 pounds, and knocked down the three ball at the highest of levels last night. Five for eight from three, six for nine from the field. He ended with 23 points. He has all the tools. Like, that's never been the question about him. He clearly has all the tools. But as compared to some of the other guys on this roster, who we just, you know, oh, if he had confidence, he'd be great. If he just built some confidence, he'd make something happen. Zaire Williams, David Roddy, Jake LaRavia. He's got all the tools. He's got more tools than them, and he's got the confidence to go with it. Now, I think that, you know, there's still going to be some questions about him going forward. Um, When he gets into a team setting with more starters and a more serious um, sort of lineup runs out there every night, is he going to be able to fit in the same way? I thought last night was a good step in the right direction because he's always been known as a volume shooter. He's going to get his shots up. But every shot he took was seemingly in the flow of the offense. Right. It was within the game. A catch-and-shoot three, a bunch of those. It was within the flow of the offense, and I like to see that. He became, last night, this stat is just crazy to me, youngest players in NBA NBA history to score 20-plus points in consecutive games. He's one of three, uh, one of the three youngest. The other two youngest... LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Yo, you gotta keep stuff like that away from me. Yeah, and G.G. Jackson. Wild. He's 19 years old and 30 days. You should be very excited about what he can become. But that's the real question with him at this point: what he, what, what he can will become? he become? Like, because I think we're at the point we see the idea of what he can be uh, four Who can stretch the floor? Who can rebound? Who's super athletic? who has a lot of ability to make things happen on the defensive end. He had two uh, two steals and two blocks last night. Um, I still think he's a step behind in most cases on the defensive end, but once he starts to mature above the neck, I think that he'll he'll step in and be a good, solid defensive player. Um, But I think it's if or when, right? There's a breakthrough um, that that we talk about with a lot of players. I talked about Vince Williams Jr. making – Uh, He did did it for himself this year. He broke through. He has got his contract. He's clearly going to be a mainstay on this Grizzlies roster. G.G. Jackson, it's either you either think he's going to break through, so that's when he breaks through or if he breaks through. I'm still on the if side. I need to see a lot more. I I need to see a bigger sample size, and I need to see what this guy looks like consistently night to night. But he's still so young, and he still has so much, you know, not just physical – you know, maturing to do, but mental maturing to do. Um, I'm excited about the guy, but I, I, I want to see him play extended minutes for the rest of the year, and then I'll be able to have a better feel of, of what he can do going forward with this Grizzlies team. I'm
0: on the win. Stay on that side, Gabe Kuhn. Stay on that side. No, I'm on the win. It's this kid. It's because of what he's done in the G League. I've been very much paying attention to what he's been doing in the G League. He has a few games where he gets shot happy, and you can tell he's kind of outside the offense and he's trying to do his thing. But it is more frequent that he has been playing within the offense. And I think the biggest thing about G.G. Jackson, and it's kind of a similar thing with Vince Williams Jr., is the game is slowing down for him. The first few times we saw Gigi, the first few times we saw Vince, it felt like the game was just moving a hair faster, which is normal for young guys to come into the NBA or the G League and the game move, move quickly because college basketball and the NBA are just they're two completely different games. But Gigi Jackson last night in the past two games, he's within the flow of the offense. He's not getting lost defensively. He's not trying to force the issue. He's getting to the free throw line, which I think is extremely encouraging. He's being aggressive. He's playing with purpose. That's what we've said over and over and over again this year about this wing group that the Grizzlies have. You've been waiting for one of them to step up and play with purpose, and two of them have Vince Williams, Jr., and GG G. Jackson so far. I also want to give credit to David Roddy though. He's put together a stretch here. We've been saying David Roddy, we didn't want to put him in the group with with Z and LaRavia. I don't think he belongs in that group because he has shown way more flashes than they have and he, when he puts it together consistently, you see, oh, okay, this is a guy who can be on an NBA roster. I'm not saying that David Roddy needs to be, you know, a starter. I'm not saying he needs to be a 6th, 7th man, like like 8th, ninth, 10th man. That's what David Roddy can be. He can be effective He's shooting 40% from three since December. That right. matters. He's, that matters starting, because he
3: started the season miserably. He's still got to get better around the according rim. According to true that's, shooting that's percentage, he's one of the the bottom ten. Uh, he's one of the least efficient players in the NBA
0: right it's, now. He has got to get better around the rim, period. He gets crushed when he goes into the paint. That is that is That is the weakest part of his game. He has got to get better there. But... Gigi Jackson is showing flashes of, oh, this is why this kid was talked about as being a top-five talent and why a lot of people have said if he wasn't drafted 47th last year, he would be a top-five pick this year. You see it. And I think what's really encouraging, I was talking to our good buddy Parker Fleming about this last night, was he looks comfortable out there. You don't feel like you're watching a 19-year-old trying to figure it out. He has moments where you're like, oh, okay, they got him. But those are few and far between, you know. We've got to get ready for him having a 19 year old game here coming up. It's going to happen. These teams are going to get tape on him. They're going to attack him. They're going to try to force him on defense to do a couple of different things. He's going to, you know, he's not going to be 20 points a night every single night. If he is, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to just, I will turn into pure energy and float up into yes, the sky. I, swear, I get you. you. know, that would be great, but it's not the fair expectation for him. He is going to have moments where he looks like this, and you're like, you can see it. You see the future. You understand why people were so high on him. But we've got to be patient with him moving forward. I think he's got it, though. I'm on the win camp. I really am. He's got the tools. His body's just going to continue to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. He's got the IQ. He's He seems like he's been humbled. That, that post-game interview he had with Shaq was Oh, incredible. that was a great moment, man. It was just Starstruck as all get-out. It's just G.G. It, Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. have been the light at the end of this very dark season yep. for the Memphis Grizzlies. and. It's just, it's kind of funny that we've joked about, oh, the Grizzlies have found their 3 and D at TJ Maxx. They did. They found their potential wing future at TJ Maxx and Vince Williams Jr. and G.G. Jackson. It's really exciting. And it's, you know, we've talked about that this season has been a dark one for the Grizzlies. It's a lost season. But when you find the things to be excited about that have potential, that you can have fun with, run with them. Have fun with it. There's nothing stopping you, all right? Sometimes when you're having a tough season, you need that light at the end of the tunnel, and damn it, they have given it to us.
3: Well, they're, 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 again, they are the Splenda in a, in a, in in a break a black room coffee. coffee. Yeah. Right? And that full coffee, a little bit of sweetener. <laughs> and it... it, it <laughs> Terror, you don't actually want to reach for it all the time, but if you are forced to reach for it, you're probably going to throw it another, a Splenda in there to sweeten it up. That, that's thing. what they have been, though. They have really given you something to cheer for night to night, something to look forward to, even though this season's bleak.
0: Right. The surprise for me with Gigi the last two games has been his defensive presence. You know, Coming into it, I think we all expected that Gigi Jackson was going to have high potential upside on the offensive end. He's been in the right spots defensively, and what's interesting about him right now is that even in the moments where he's gotten beaten, he's so athletic, he's been able to make up for it. So what's exciting about that is that if he can put it together and he's in the right spots
3: and then he's athletic, he's going to be hell for other people to deal with. It's about the mental maturation, and that's that's something that I'll I'll talk about a little bit later. He's clearly got a
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
4: Put the spring back into your step, and into your home too. Shop blinds.com right now and save up to forty-five percent. Up to forty-five percent off for a limited time at blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: Put a head on his shoulders. Oh yeah. Compared to he what he was, compared to what was being said about him around NBA draft and all the things that happened in South at South Carolina and the character issues. I, I don't see a bit of that. I just don't. It seems like and obviously, it's, it's, it, And obviously, small sample size, he's still got a, a long—he's 19 years old. He's got a long time to screw up and, and uh, burn bridges. I get that. But it just does not seem like this is the type of guy who has an insane amount of entitlement. And that's what you sort of thought if you read a bunch of NBA draft write-ups on him. He seems like a guy who has the ability to mature mentally, whereas— most people sort of wrote the, wrote the obituary for his, uh, his mental capacity coming into the league. And I, it's just strange to me. It's strange to me regardless well, now. It's,
0: it's always odd to try to define
3: an 18-year-old by their behavior. Yes, no question. No question. They, you know, you can learn lessons. Yeah. Some of your hardest lessons you learn when you're that. I was a moron when I was 18. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's how it works. It's how it works. And I think there's a lot of 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds with a sense of entitlement when they're a five-star and they're the number one recruit in their recruiting class. Yeah. that just it tends to happen. But I think South Carolina, that year from hell, probably taught him some lessons, tough lessons, uh, and, and hopefully going into the future we see those lessons put to work and, and um, all of those conversations about, you know, his mentality are completely for naught. Hopefully that is the case. Now, uh, last night was a pretty fun sports day in general. Not we had the Martin Luther King day, Jr. Day uh, game where the Grizzlies won, but we also had two uh, wild card games. Bills, of course, beat the Steelers, thirty-one to seventeen. I already mentioned it's a good uh, decision to postpone. Josh Allen, I am, uh, I'm, I'm in, buddy. I'm in. I'm, I'm buying into you. Now, what does this team look like next time out against the Chiefs? That's the real question. Because we know that they've had good performances. Josh Allen, uh, last night, 21 for 30, 203 yards, three TDs. He had the long 52-yard rushing TD, which was his long for his career. He ran for 74 yards. Um, I'm bought in to what he can accomplish. But we know that the Chiefs and the Bills is sort of a, a, a rivalry that has been created. Can they bring the same type of intensity and the same performance against the Chiefs? And they'll be at home. That's 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 good for them. But I, that, that's my question about them. Now, on the Steelers' side, we'll talk about this a little bit later as well. Mike Tomlin, there's a lot of discussions about him and his future with the Steelers. I still find it to be kind of ridiculous that you're going to doubt Mike Tomlin and the job that he has done. 17 years, no losing seasons, two Super Bowls. He's been unbelievable. And, you know, when we look at sort of the naysayers and the, and the people that want – um, Mike Tomlin out maybe in, in Pittsburgh. A lot of them would say he hasn't morphed offensively. He rode Big Ben's coattails, and he hasn't figured it out. They were 10-7 and seven this year, though, with Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky, and Kenny Pickett starting football games for them. He's shown that he can build a culture of winning even with bad pieces. Get him a good piece of quarterback, strengthen that offensive line, Get the right coordinator, which is something that I I actually do kind of go after him for. He he took way too long to fire Matt Canada and move on from him. But it it doesn't seem like it's that complicated to fix the ills on the offensive side of the ball. Now, as far as quarterback is concerned, I don't know what that looks like. You know, Russell Wilson's out there. Kirk Cousins out there. I don't necessarily think that the Steelers are going to make a run at those guys. But um, they need to figure something out fast. And I think Mike Tomlin needs to figure something out fast or it could be the end of his time in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I just I'm I'm with you. You
0: Mike Tomlin deserves time. You know, he went 10 and 7. He took a team that had no business being in the playoffs into the playoffs with three dreadful quarterbacks. <laughs> like may one of if not be if not for the Jets, maybe the worst Rotation of quarterbacks in the NFL. I guess the Pats too. Like they're they're in that grouping, and he got them into the playoffs because of his defensive mentality that he has with that team. Find him a quarterback and see what they can do.
3: Yep, I
0: agree. They got Pickens. They got not Pickens. Pickens.
3: They got Pickens. Yeah, Deontay Johnson, our guy Calvin Austin. Just the find third, somebody to throw them the ball. Najee and Jalen <laughs> Warren. Pat Fryermuth is a good tight end. Very good. Go strengthen that offensive line. Find a quarterback. Find a good offensive play caller. You know what, though. You know what the problems are. So solve them. Solve them. Or you, there's going to be more it's calls Trubisky for you ducks. to be out of yeah. out of out of Pittsburgh. Is as, as unfair as I think it is. It's a results-driven business, and the Steelers are one of the best franchises, most consistent franchises to ever do it. So if they feel like they need to move off Mike Tomlin to get into the future to get back into Super Bowl contention, they're going to go ahead and do that. Now, um, also we had the Bucks. Good God, Eagles! I. I I didn't see this coming. I just didn't. I I probably should have seen it coming. But the Bucs beat the Eagles 32-9. to Baker Mayfield was, (laughs) I mean, that was Oklahoma Baker Mayfield. That was ridiculous. 22 for 36, 337, three TDs. He was phenomenal. And the Eagles had no answer. And they have so many guys that just regressed this year. James Bradbury, all pro last year. What are you now? Like, uh, you're not worth the money that you've signed that contract. Well, you're, not, you're not that guy. You had your one year as an All-Pro, and you've gone back. water finds its level. You've gone back to the mean. James Bradbury is not the same player. You have a bunch of aging guys, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. You have Jason Kelsey retiring. Jalen Hurts uh, went from uh, six turnovers last year to 15 this year. It's, it's a weird situation for that Eagles team. And I, I was just sort of chewing on this because, you know, they're in the same division. And I think both teams and their fan bases are down and out at this moment after being knocked out in the wild card round. And that's the Cowboys losing to the Packers 42, or 48 to 32. And then, of course, the Eagles losing 32 to nine to the Bucs. A, a question came to my mind. Who do you feel worse about going into the future? And weirdly enough, we know what the Cowboys are every year. Dak can't get over the hump in the playoffs. They may want to move off Mike McCarthy. Um, they, they don't feel great about Tony Pollard at running back, although I think that's relatively unfair. He did have a 1,000-yard season. Um, you know they, don't, they can't stop the run. They need to bolster that. But I think the Cowboys have some really solid redeeming qualities. Dak Prescott was an all-pro this year. Let's not forget that. I know he didn't play well against Packers, but he was an all-pro this year. They still have a really good uh, offensive line. Um, The back end of their defense is really good. The Trayvon Diggs injury did not help this year by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Decent linebacking core, Micah Parsons. Like, I like what the Cowboys have still going forward. Do they need a new coach? Maybe. Maybe they'll decide to hire Mike Vrabel, something like that. But I don't even think that's overly necessary. I do think, though, the Eagles are in a much worse position going forward. They're one of the top spenders in the NFL. They just lost six of their last seven to end the year. Jalen Hurts got his massive deal, which is going to hamper you from getting other weapons around him. And by the way, he had A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, one of the best O-lines, Dallas Goddard, although he was hurt for part of the year. He went from six turnovers to 15 turnovers. He was not near the player this year. Didn't throw the ball as well. Then you have Jason Kelsey stepping away. He told his teammates after the game. That's a leader for that team. That's not only an all-pro Hall of Fame center. That is a massive leader and a massive locker room voice that's stepping out. And then when you get to the free agent part of this whole thing, Connor, this is where I just, I don't even know, I don't know what's going to happen to them off this offseason, but Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, DeAndre Swift, Quez Watkins, Nick Morrow, their starting linebacker. Zach Cunningham, starting linebacker. Shaq Leonard, who they brought in to try to help those linebackers. Um, Bradley Roby, who's a reserve corner. Um, Olomide Zacchaeus, Boston Scott, who's been there forever as a free agent. Their backup quarterback, Marcus Mariota. They just have a lot of tough decisions and not a lot of money to spend. And based on the way this year ended, I don't know if you're in a situation where you say, okay, let's just run it back right that's not how this is going to work for the eagles cuz they just clearly don't have enough or something's not clicking maybe the oc and the dc maybe they need to find different guys to to handle those positions but this eagles team it is a strange reality they were met with this year down the stretch of the season it if you
0: gave me the option of who would you rather have moving forward it's without a doubt the cowboys it's without a doubt the cowboys because you know the cowboys had an extremely disappointing performance. Dak Prescott was not good, despite what the box score looks like. Mike McCarthy was definitely not good, and it seems like that you know he'll probably be replaced. I would be shocked if Jerry Jones just lets that team run it back. But then you can say, okay, our secondary got destroyed by Jordan Love, but we but our biggest injury was in the secondary, so that's going to get fixed next year. When you look at the Eagles, it's drama. It's a ton yeah. of drama. What's going on with AJ Brown? Yep, Goddard was yelling at Jalen Hurts on the sideline. Your biggest leader, your number one leader in that locker room, is walking away. The team does not
3: like your coach. Nick Sirianni seems it's a, it was the a strange. Eye from the beginning. it's starting to age a little weird. You lost
0: both of your offensive core, or you lost both of your coordinators moving into this season, which I understand that that can be difficult to deal with. But something is not working within that coaching staff. It feels like a change might well, be made there. It's just when you look at it, when you look at the Cowboys, you say, okay, they could run back this roster and change the coach, and they could have a different outcome. When you look at the Eagles. They've got a lot more issues going on. They've got a lot more things that they got to figure out than just the head coach.
3: And not to mention, like, Lane Johnson's aging by the day. He's not getting any younger. <laughs> like, there's just a lot of things on that team that Can just— Can you do the tush-push without Jason Kelsey? That, that, that make you worry? Well, Jalen Hurts, I think, helps with that. Yeah, I think, he I think Kelsey's a huge part um, of it. though. And, and, you know, offensively, you know, if, you, if you're looking for reasons why Jalen Hurts took a step back, you brought up. Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, of course, the D.C., Shane Steichen, the O.C., I think it's very reasonable to believe that Shane Steichen sort of drew up favorable game plans for him week to week that made him comfortable. Brian Johnson, the new O.C., has not done that. Look at what Shane Steichen did with Gardner Minshew this year on the precipice of making the playoffs, almost beat a Texans team who won a first-round game, won a wild-card game, almost went down the field and scored. So I think it's very reasonable to believe they need to make a change on the offensive side of the ball, as far as uh, Brian Johnson being out of there. I don't think they'll necessarily make that decision, but the Eagles learn are how to tackle in, too.
0: Good. The Lord. Eagles
3: are in a very, very bizarre spot. Uh, you know, when they were ten and one this year, I didn't think we'd ever be having this conversation. But you lose six of your last seven, you get blown out by a not very good Bucks team. In the wildcard round, things change, and they change quick. And we know how fast things can change based on our, our watching of the NFL over all these years. So we'll see what happens with that. But we need to go ahead and grab a break, and we're going to stick right here. We'll uh, recap uh, Super Wildcard weekend, and then we'll hop into the divisional round and get you some picks with my man, Alan Bell. He's next.
1: The Jeff Coggins. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
3: You be ever he is Alan Bell from Driving the Line. You can get your picks there. Go to YouTube and subscribe to that Driving the Line channel. He's on X, though at alan g bell we haven't done this in a while alan how is life man okay man first i appreciate you buddy and uh you're busy man and everything's good what about you man i'm hanging in there i'm hanging in there so uh tell tell my listeners real quick before we get into uh wild card weekend division around you just started up driving the line what can they expect from you how do they go subscribe how do they uh get your picks
2: yeah, man. So uh YouTube at driving the line, very simple right there. Go subscribe, me and Jonathan Coachman, if you remember him from ESPN Sports Center, the WWE out there. Fight with Vince McMahon. We'll break it down, you know, bets daily. We also have, you know, Coach Phil McKagan, former O C wide receiver coach from the Chargers, Bills, Dolphins, you name it, PGA Tour Pro, so many more. And my man, we need to get you on as yes, well. Yes sir. So yeah, just I'm go ready to, to hop YouTube. On. yeah.
3: No, dude, any time that you're good, we would love to have you. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, um, how did you fare Super Wild Card weekend? Um, Eagles go down and get smashed. Cowboys go down and get smashed. Browns go down and get smashed. The other ones weren't uh, big surprises. But how did you fare ultimately with all these games? It was tough, like, honestly. Not, not great.
2: You know, to be completely honest with you, man, it was a tough weekend because you know teams like the Dallas Cowboys – all right, that was so incredibly surprising. Now the Eagles, they've had problems, we get it, right? Um but yeah, man, like I could not believe, you know, what Dallas frankly didn't do. Uh you know, the Cleveland Browns, you know, not that we were big on them, but who would have thought that the Texans would have balled out like they did. So, yeah, man, it was a uh, surprising weekend for sure, and I can't wait for this one. I th- I think the divisional round is where things kind of even out. So I'm excited for it. But, yeah, man, it was a uh, it was a surprising weekend for sure.
3: Now, I posed this question, and I answered it. Uh, I want to hear your answer on this. Cowboys and Eagles, both, both in the NFC East, uh, complete disappointments, falling out in the wild card round and getting beat by double digits. Um, but going forward, like we have the Cowboys, they may want to get rid of Mike McCarthy and bring in Vrabes. They may want to uh, make <laughs> some switches with the offensive coaching staff, defensive coaching staff, find somebody else. Um, you, you you have questions about basically their their coaching future with the Eagles. You have questions about their future in general. I'm not a big believer in Nick Sirianni. I can't deny his record. Um, but when you look at losing six of their last seven, Jalen Hurts regression, Jason Kelsey retiring, who would you say has it worse going forward in the NFC East? So oh, the Eagles or the Cowboys? Eagles. It, 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 like with Sirianni. Look, it, and you know I don't know the man
2: personally. He seems like a fine guy, but I'll, I'll say this. You know, look at his record and what he's done with and without, you know, Shane Steik and him Plays, get in on the defensive side, right? Like, and A.J. Brown a couple weeks ago called a players-only meeting to say we need to trust the coaches again, (laughs) which that's a red flag, (laughs) okay? And then A.J. Brown's gone, right? Like, the the Eagles are going to have to get rid of Sirianni. I do believe that that is the problem. Now, the Cowboys, it's difficult because, look, man, like, Kellen Moore's gone. Mike McCarthy's commonplace plays. Quite frankly, the 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 offense uh, got better, right? Like the offense got better. Yep. I, I I think that the Cowboys. Uh, uh, quite frankly, the Cowboys have issues with the owner and the GM position. I'm not absolving McCarthy or Dan Quinn of any of that because that was a horrible performance, but. The Eagles have problems, man. Like they, yep. they, they, there's a there's a coach, a former coach that has a statue out front of that, Doug Peterson, who a year and a half after winning the Super Bowl, they fired him. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. The, the, the Eagles for sure.
3: Well, in the Cowboys, it doesn't seem all that complicated. Go fix your run defense. <laughs> At the very yeah. least, go fix your damn run defense, and everything will yeah. seem to fall in line. Because I, I, it, I, and honestly, against the Packers. It was less about the players on the field not being able to stop the run and more about the scheme, weirdly enough. I think Dan Quinn's done a hell of a job, but uh, he had four down fronts against you know double tight end sets, and there was just so much room to run in between the tackles. I thought that was one of the worst games I've ever seen Dan Quinn call. Yeah, I, you know what? I completely agree. And, you know, on the other side of like,
2: we're both saying the same thing. We have to give the Packers extreme credit because they just put the Cowboys – In the washing machine, man, it was just a spin, right? I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, even with the Cowboys' offense, right, like, you know, Ceedee Lamb from the slot position is a killer when you go single high safety. Well, you know what? They put two safeties out there and said, you're not going to do that. You you can figure something else out, but it's not going to be C.D. Lamb going deep. Uh, The Packers just, you know, put together an excellent game plan from front to back, offense and defense, right, And, and they just went out and executed. And the Cowboys, like you said, man, Dan Quinn, yeah, was not, it was not good. Uh, I, I can't even put a lot of it on McCarthy in terms of the offense. Like, there was something wrong with Dak and CeeDee Lamb. Like, they were not on the same page. It was just a mess, man. So, I agree with you. Like, there are things to fix, but I wouldn't blow the Cowboys up. There's a lot of talent and a lot of good pieces to work with. The Eagles, though, right. like, that collapse. That, that Look, you've been in more locker rooms than I have at the you know highest level. There's a problem.
3: Well, you know? yeah, from 10 and 1 to losing six of your last seven, like, it's just it, it, things shift quickly. I did yeah. not expect to be having this conversation, though, Alan. I don't know about you. <laughs> no, like, I mean, that's the thing. It's like,
2: how do you collapse that bad? Like, how, how does that happen? And, and, and you know, that, that's the thing. Like, look, the Cowboys had a bad game. Welcome to sports. It, it could happen. All right, you're in the playoffs. Packers are a good team. The Eagles had a bad three months, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, they, there's there's a serious internal problem, and when the OC, former's gone, play card was gone, DC's gone, like, there's only one person to look at, and it's not the players, it's the coach. And, 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 and like, Sirianni's got a problem.
3: Now, talking with Alan Bell at Alan G. Bell on X. Now, with those two uh, two results in the NFC, with the Eagles and the Cowboys losing, how easy does this make it for the 49ers to run through the <laughs> NFC? Lions, Bucks, and Pack is all they have left to get through.
2: Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, and, and think about this, too. Like, Kyle Shanahan, you know, he, he's been there before, right? In, in the last, what, two years, two and a half, like, they've had so many injuries, right? It, it, it's bona fide. We're not making excuses. Like, just star after star after star is injured. And now it's like, okay,
4: this After the end of a good fight,
2: This is the time. Go out, run the damn ball on, the, you know, on Green Bay. You, you only have to win by one point. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just win the game, right? Like, I, I'm with you, man. Like, the 49ers have a serious opportunity to handle their business. And uh, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, I, I, I'm with them. Like I'm, I, I'm not big on the Packers this weekend. I don't think it's gonna work
3: out. Yeah, well, the Packers, though, I, I will give Jordan Love credit. He has shown that he is a starter in this league, and he can be a franchise. Oh yeah, guy. he's been unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, like you said, th- this is no disrespect to them.
2: The 49ers are just for real. Like yeah, this team is right, good,
3: right, yeah. for sure. Do you do you like anything from that guy? We're talking about ten point spread. Uh, the totals fifty, and then also with uh, Bucks versus Lions, six point spread. Lions at home. Bucks look good with Baker Mayfield, who's revitalized. Do you like anything in the NFC? This is kind of a tough, tough uh, divisional weekend for those for those NFC matchups. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll say this: I, I really
2: like the Lions with the spread, and I'll tell you why. And look, let me say this, and you answer it how you feel. If if you disagree, please say it. So so this past weekend, okay, the Lions had. A scare, right? Like, and, and going in, we all knew it. The Rams are a good football team. That was the, that was the dangerous team that you didn't want to play. All right. So the Lions handled their business, get the win, get the hell out of there. I bet that the Lions exhaled right after that game. I bet they had a great, quiet week of practice, knowing, all right, you know what? We belong here. We're yep. good. Like it, we we belong here, and it's actually going to be. Way less stressful than it was last weekend. Then you look at the other side, the Bucks. okay? They were playing with house money. They go out and house the Eagles. But you know what happens? Now, if you're the Bucks, you start thinking about it. You didn't yeah. think about anything last you, Yeah. Now you start thinking like, oh, we could play for an NFC championship. Like you start putting pressure on yourselves a little bit to where like, it almost flips. And I think the Lions come out and just say, you know what? We can play our game, and there ain't a damn thing you can do about it. I, I, I think the Lions are the best bet this weekend.
3: And they're, and they're, and they're at home. I know that yep. Ford Field is going to be nuts. just gonna, They're yeah. going to be psycho in there. And I don't blame them. That, yeah. There's a lot of misery the Lions have had to put up with. I didn't think Dan oh, Campbell God. would be the guy to get them out yeah. of, out of the, the, the consistent misery, but here we are.
2: Here we are, and you know what? Like, you've got the Lions, O.C., and Ben Johnson, all right, and then the D.C. and Aaron Glenn. Both of them are hot head coach candidates. You don't think they want to show out for right. what they're about to do? A hundred percent. Like, the Lions have everything lined up to be great. And you know what? And they, they win. 49ers win. I'm not saying the Lions can't win that game. I'm not going to bet it that they do, but they could. That being said, I think that they handle their business against the Bucs this
3: weekend. Now, um, I want to buy into the Bills. I really do. Uh, They're they're playing the Chiefs uh, Sunday, 5.30. Um, They're two-and-a-half point favorites. They're at home. I want to buy into them because they trended in the right direction. The the Chiefs this year, if you've just been paying attention, it's a defensive-oriented team, which is nuts to think about when you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid calling plays. But I have seen something from the Bills, and regardless if they're winning or losing, they're just not the same team every week. I can't. I, it's hard for me to count on consistency. But regardless, yeah. you are playing a team of the Chiefs who has trended in the wrong direction. Yeah, they had a good showing against the Dolphins, but I think a lot of that was the Dolphins were not ready for negative 27 on the wind chill. <laughs> um, yeah. But how, how do you see that game going? I, it's It's going to be a really fun one to watch. This is a rivalry. This has become a rivalry. It is. You know what? I I think that me and you see it exactly the same way, right? And this is
2: the first time, you know, the the first time that Mahomes has to go to Buffalo, right? Like we've seen Allen, you know, have to go to Kansas City twice. Now, not that the Chiefs are going to be afraid of playing in the cold or anything like that, but there are questions with the Chiefs. And like you said, the, the Bills are the most inconsistent team week to week, right? But if Josh Allen is not turning the ball over, they are a tough team. I'll tell you what it's going to be. This is going to be the most fun third-down game in NFL history because Mahomes and Josh Allen can just break a defense's back on third down, whether with their arm or with their legs. This game is going to be fun. I'm going to take the Bills. I think that this is their time to at least get the win. I'm not saying that, you know they go to a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, but – I think I trust them more than Kansas City. I now, think
3: I do. either of those teams will come out, and likely, and we'll see if C.J. Stroud has some magic, because what he did against the best <laughs> yeah. defense in the NFL during the regular season, that was uh, phenomenal, what I saw him do. Even at halftime, he, he, his stat line was a full game uh, worth of work. But do you think either of those teams can move through and potentially beat the Ravens? Yeah, I do. I mean, look. I think the Ravens win this week another like my favorite
2: AFC bet this weekend is the Texans Ravens under okay. I think that Baltimore is just gonna just milk the clock all right you know and, and you know their game is is Lamar Jackson of short completed safe passes down the field and I don't say that negatively like it's right. just a very smart you know way to go about it right um but i I think that you know Baltimore is just gonna say look we don't have to win big. We just have to win the game. Just yep. win the game and move on. Now, here's the interesting part. Lamar and the Ravens really haven't played a meaningful game in three weeks. right? Mm-hmm. That, like, that does have an effect. I'm not saying it kills it, but it does have an effect here. But I like the under there. And, yeah, look, I, the, the Ravens aren't infallible, right? Like Kansas City could beat them. Buffalo could beat them they're not world beaters in terms of Baltimore, but when they're on, man, they're so damn good. And when you have a kicker, right, to where yep. you can shorten the game and just say, look, all we have to do is get to the 40. The other team that's to get, and they got to go 80 yards, 75 yards, whatever. We just need to go 55, right? Like, I mean, it changes the way that you play. But, yeah, man, like the AFC's wide open, any of these teams – you know, could get the job done, except the Texans, even though I love what they've done, yep.
3: I think it's going to be in. That's yeah. Um, Which is fun. I mean, like,
2: Who would have thought they'd have been half of this?
3: You I, know what I mean? I know you say the Ravens aren't world beaters, but I will say this. That four-game stretch of beating the Rams, going on the road to Jacksonville, hammering them by yeah. double digits going on the road to San Fran, hammering them by double digits, then hanging 56 on the Dolphins. 56-19 to was the final score. I honestly think that was the best four-week stretch or stretch of football any team played throughout the entire regular season. I don't know if there's really a close second. Yeah. No, no, I agree. And you know
2: what? Hey, you say it better than anybody. They're an offensive line team dream. It is efficient. It is moving down the field. No penalties. We go... Boom! 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 Touchdown! Get out of here, uh, dude! I agree with you. Like that's the problem is that when they are on,
1: we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Mm-hmm.